portrait of a frightened man, Mr. Robert Wilson, 37, husband, father, and salesman on sick leave. Mr. Wilson has just been discharged from a sanitarium, where he spent the last six months recovering from a nervous breakdown, the onset of which took place on an evening not dissimilar to this one, on an airliner very much like the one in which Mr. Wilson is about to be flown home. The difference being that on that evening half a year ago, Mr. Wilson's flight was terminated by the onslaught of his mental breakdown. Tonight, he's traveling all the way to his appointed destination, which, contrary to Mr. Wilson's plan, happens to be in the darkest corner of the Twilight Zone. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we are continuing our summer of the Twilight Zone. And for our first episode, of course, we covered a Harlan Ellison one from the revised, revived, yeah, revived series from the 80s. (laughs) So for this one, we're going back to the classic series from the 60s with one of the most famous episodes. And then to the revived series. (laughs) Sort of. Well, not really, but we'll we'll get there. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. But it's it's one of... Touche. It's not the series, I guess. It's one of the more well-known episodes, and that is Nightmare at 20,000 Feet which is based on, well, it's actually written by Richard Matheson based on his story of the same name. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there was sort of a remake of it for one segment of Twilight Zone, the movie, from 19... 1983. 1983. The original one came out in 1963. 63, yeah. And the story is from 1962. One. 1961. Okay, see, You're I almost, doing so good there. Almost nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> almost nailed it. Yeah. But uh, Richard Matheson has quite a few episodes, actually. Mm-hmm. And this is our third thing that we've covered of his. Real Steel and I Am Legend. Legend. And I Am Legend, yes. Yep. How much uh, Richard Matheson reading have you done? Well, when we did Real Steel, I read the entire adaptation. I read the entire story collection that contained that story. Nice. Steel and other stories. Steel and other stories. I did as well. Oh, okay. What about I- you, James? <laughs> no. Okay, so just what we've done for the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So we've got I'm Legend and Steel. And I Legend. always complete as little as possible. Nice. It's the most efficient way to meander through life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very inspirational. <laughs> Counter to the last episode where, where you had the, the inspirational moment. We're, we're back All to right. status quo, James. <laughs> I, I think I've read one other collection of Matheson stories, some of which actually overlap with the best of Matheson that we got for... Or best of Richard Matheson that right. we got for doing the podcast. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, Twilight Zone, good stuff. Like it. Once again, I think there, there's no point in really. I, I guess we could kind of talk about them one at a time if we wanted to. Sure. They're they're all a little bit different. A little bit different. Yeah. Maybe we should just kind of talk through what, what happens and what's different in each one. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a hard one. I'm totally blanking on the story. there's a dude on a flight who's nervous about something and thinks he sees something on the wing nobody will believe him nobody sees it but him and uh yeah there you go the thing on the wing is trying to you know injure the aircraft right and so he uh breaks out a window and tries to uh shoot it to save the airplane yes so it's a terrible movie to or a terrible well yeah movie and episode and story to read before you're about to go on a long international flight, maybe. Right. So, <laughs> the great thing about this is we're recording this one early because I fly out in, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten. Yeah, it is tomorrow. I fly. It's a small flight. It's just to California. Then Colin goes on Wednesday out to 
Massachusetts? Eventually, through Chicago. Okay. Right. And then you fly out on Friday right. to Poland. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, real good one to, <laughs> to do right before that. Do any of us have any history of uh, fear of flying, James? No. No? Not at There's all. always booze. Yeah. So. I define fear of flying. You define it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you do it quite a bit. Um, yes. It usually takes close to seven to nine takeoffs in a short period of time to where I finally get so accustomed to it I can relax. Mm. Um, I no longer injure small stuffed animals on airplane flights. <laughs> and I, I don't do uh, little rituals uh, to guarantee that the plane stays in flight as we're taking off. Right. But yeah, so I'm like not the, a comfortable uh, air marshal in the, the Twilight Zone uh, segment. That was the air marshal holding that doll or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, no, the doll was from the little girl. Yeah, it was from the little girl. She had she had the marionette. Oh, I know, but he was holding it. Or not the end there. What's, what's that called? Dummy? A dummy? Yeah. yeah. He he was he was he was summer. squeezing it towards the end there though. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because like, wait, aren't you supposed to be the air marshal? Yeah. Or I I guess he's from the FAA. He says right. at the end there. Yeah, yeah. But I've never had any particular fear of flying. It was interesting though because um, being from Alaska, you kind of have to fly anytime you want to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. But my wife, when we were dating, she came up and visited me in in Alaska, and she back then she had no fear of flying whatsoever. And then we got married, and all of a sudden, I don't know if it was she had more to lose. I guess, meaning me, and right. then, then then our son, to where she, for a long time, was just terrified of flying and just felt like at any moment on any flight, it right. could just but, just go down. But statistics. I know. Statistics. Well, and I tried to comfort her. I'm like, you know, really, you, I could tell you all the statistics you want, but it's really either right. you're going to crash or you're not. It's 50-50. And she didn't find that comforting. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the statistics are, are, are better. Because, like... Commuting to work is much more dangerous than flying across the country. Right. That's the crazy thing. Not for me. Although you didn't know what they say about <laughs> No, not for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it probably <laughs> is. If you if you look at the number of household fatalities, you know, of walking from your bedroom to your office or your, your living room, that's probably more than flying. But, uh, yeah, it was – we had a really bad flight once coming out of Anchorage that was just – it was one of those takeoffs that you're like, are we gaining altitude at all? <laughs> um <laughs> Because it was, and it was just terrifying. And there's this one lady like four rows back, mm -hmm. just sawing logs, completely asleep. And everybody else around here is like, ah, "What's going on?" <laughs> so we white knuckled it through that flight, and then we didn't fly for like six years after that. Oh wow! Um, but uh, and then the next flight that I got her onto was to Japan, <laughs> so, <laughs> and and like like Whew. ten minutes in, I thought I might have to create a scene and get him to turn this thing around <laughs> because my wife is freaking out. I mean, not really freaking out, right. but I could tell she was terrified. So it is kind of an unnatural thing to do, mm -hmm. it seems like, but... To fly? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's forbidden by the Lord. For the birds. Yeah. Okay, so anyhow, <laughs> that's just our, our, our history of that, where James yes. is like, yeah, never really cared. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you, you spend a lot of time submerged underwater in an enclosed right. environment, which would also be uncomfortable for a ton of people. This is true. And they're not going to turn it around if you throw a fit in the aisles. Definitely Probably not. not. No, they'll just put you out the torpedo tube, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the torpedo tube, out if you have to act badly inside there too. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so the story I, I found very enjoyable. I, I like the way mm -hmm. Matheson uses words. Oh, he writes well, yeah. Yeah. He There was something in there about... Because in, in the story, you don't get any impression that Mr. Wilson... Right has any particular history with 
having trouble flying. He flies a lot because he's in sales or something. Because it, there's a sentence in there about how he's going to another stupid meeting with stupid people and, uh, you know, that isn't going to add any value to anything. No. Yeah, but he does mention how he would have rather taken, like, a train or whatever. He does, but that's anytime, anytime you're on a flight with a lot of turbulence, people start thinking that. And you're like, yeah. oh, if I, like, I could have just driven. Uh, I was going to say, my, my impression was the opposite. I, I got the impression that he didn't like flying, and he does okay. have a history of not liking flying. And he would have rather taken the train or whatever, a different mode of transportation, except for he had time constraints, so he needed to take a flight. Okay. That could be. Maybe it's more subtext. Pretty sure you're wrong and I'm right, but it's neither here nor there. I don't mind. <laughs> what do you think, Colin? <laughs> what do you think, Linda? <laughs> I, every time I say, what do you think, I always think of Fahrenheit 451. The <laughs> I didn't have the impression that he was scared of flying. But he's right that everyone should be taking trains instead. Right. right. Trains are terrific. Uh, anything anything you want to talk about in particular about the story? There is a significant difference to this story, which almost makes it a completely different story than the other two. What's that? Okay. I would, I would say the 1983 is actually closer to it than the 1963, but what is the significant difference? The name? You're not going to say it's the name. Nope. Okay. not going to say it's the name. It's not the name of the man. It's not right. the name of the segment. Uh, it has to do with the ending of the story. Right. There's no epilogue in the, in the story, right? It ends with him... Right. Off the plane. Right. It ends with him, yeah, he's waking up off the plane on the stretcher, right? Well, I guess they don't always say that. But, but you don't, you never know in the story if it was real. That's right. Yeah. And so to me, I see what you're saying. I think it's a completely different flavor of horror. Up, yeah. The question in the story is, is what he saw real or not? Right. Right. In, in the episode in the movie, it's he saw something unbelievable mm -hmm. actually happening. Mm -hmm. And no one believed him, and he took action to save the plane. Mm -hmm. And uh, only at the very end do we, as the watch, you know, the the reader, the watcher of the, the stories, yeah. gets to see the truth. Right. Well, that kind of jives with the Twilight Zone thing, though. I think it does. It does. So, but I think it's very different. It's a fair adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna have to just keep jumping back and forth. Yeah. Because because on that point, let's let's take that one up, and that's probably the most crucial difference. Mm -hmm. Right. Because in the 60s Twilight Zone with William Shatner, in case right. no, no, nobody knows. You know, there's Shat. something on the wing. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put in the, there, there's a uh, clip from Ace Ventura 2 where he's doing an impression of Shatner doing that scene, even though it, it's he totally not doesn't all, sound that way no, in the scene. It's not at all accurate, actually. Right. It does sound like William Shatner, but right. not like he does in that scene. No. Um, at the end of that one, there's that very hammy moment when th that is kind right. of standard. He's looking Shatner. directly at he, us. He, he almost breaks the fourth wall yeah. because his wife says it's going to be okay, and he looks up at the, at, basically at the camera and says, "I know, but I'm the only one who does." <laughs> well, he does look. He actually gets up and looks directly at the camera. Yeah, the like he's talking to the viewer. Yeah, it's a very funny delivery. Yeah, there, <laughs> and then it pans over, and you can see the clawed up right panel. Well, and the closing narration from Serling basically says. There's there's evidence and it will be found. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a much more this was real. Right. So the Twilight Zone episode, yeah, it comes down on the side of the guy wasn't just crazy. Now the other crucial thing that's different is, like I said in the story, I didn't feel like it necessarily came down on one side or another whether he hated flying. I think mm -hmm. James makes a good point, but he hadn't just gotten out of the loony bin. Right. right. That's the that, yeah. That's the one thing Emily and I thought about the 1963 one and. The way that it started and continued, mm -hmm. I felt like the actual story that we read mm -hmm. is like the prologue to the episode that we watched. Mm. 
So he like it had happened before. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Like the um. So in the story, we get because in the story we don't see his wife, right? That, right. That's a character added in for the show, mm-hmm. and he he goes nuts, and but we don't know if it's true or not, or if he dreamed it up right. like Collinson. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like that evidence isn't there like it is in the the shows. Yeah. Um, but and then we go to the episode where he had been. He had been in a sanitarium for six months prior to now he's flying home is his reason for flying in the right. in the episode. Mm-hmm. But they say in the episode that he had previously flown and went insane. That's why he went into the into the Right, there had been a previous sanatorium. Incident. Yeah. And so that, that made me think of how this is like a prologue to that. And now, so the story happened and now the episode is happening where he's trying to fly home. And he's kind of experiencing the same thing. Hmm. Only this time it's like real. Yes, this time it's for <laughs> real. Yep. So I thought it was uh, yeah, you know, interesting. I, so, kind of in praise of the Twilight Zone episode, I thought the addition of his wife as a character there and that additional bit of him having mm-hmm. previously cracked up uh, set it up nicely for us. Yeah. She's a terrible companion, though. Well, she goes right to sleep. <laughs> I know. She, it's terrible. She, she had already taken an Ambien or something, right? So. <laughs> she should have stayed awake with him for, like, moral support the entire time. She did often. Not even moral support, just, like, mental support, because he's obviously unstable. No, she, she does offer to stay awake. It doesn't matter. She and shouldn't he, have offered. She should, well, she should have offered and nonetheless stayed awake. Yeah, she should have said, I'm going to stay awake. So Yeah, that's yeah. what she should have done. Yeah. Did anybody doubt whether he really recovered from the sanita- sanitarium or not? Yes. <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> yeah, there's something that he does. Eventually, they give him a pill that's supposed to put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. And he tucks and it he back in his yeah. cheek. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's either the most brilliant spur of the moment thing that just happens to happen, mm-hmm. or he's been practicing that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then it made me think, well, okay, are you really going crazy? Did you really go through your treatment? Did you take right. your meds? Did you do the right stuff? Did he's, you? He's been used to not taking his Thorazine like Sarah Connor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And I was totally blown away with the casual, oh, yeah, they'll just let anybody with a briefcase haul a gun onto an airplane in the 1961 short story. Yeah. Right. Different times. Very different. Oh, the other thing that came to mind was the... Okay, so... (laughs) You heard, like, the old joke, if the tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound? Right. Well, if the gremlin's ripping off the wing and no one's around to see it, does it actually rip off the wing? (laughs) So every time he, like, someone else came to look at it, the gremlin's gone, right? Right. right. And the, so Shatner's the only one seeing it, mm-hmm. or Mr. Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, but it wouldn't it, like, seem to reason that if you just don't look outside, the gremlin's not going to be there, and it won't rip apart the plane, and everything's going to be okay? <laughs> well, in the short story, there's a segment where he says he comes to, to an understanding, and it doesn't say how. Right. But he knows that this is a game. Yeah. 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 So he, the gremlin's out on the plane, mm-hmm. and his job is that only Mr. Wilson sees him. And Mr. Right. Wilson's job is to try and get someone else to see him. And that's that's how this sure. whole thing right. starts. Right. Mm-hmm. right? And the, the gremlin kind of escalates it by starting to pull the plane apart that mm-hmm. he's flying on. Yeah. To scare the crap out of him. Yes. Yeah. So it was interesting. When, a while back, I had started watching The Twilight Zone on Netflix, the, the seasons that are there, the half oh, yeah, hour yeah. seasons. Right. Um, the fourth season were full hours. But seasons one, two, three, and five are all like 24 minutes. And um, I just started watching through it. But one of the first ones I watched was Nightmare at 20,000 Feet just because I'd heard of it. And I thought, oh, I've seen this before. I hadn't seen it before. I had seen the segment from the Twilight Zone movie on TV. And so I was expecting 
somehow a scarier monster when he when he pulled the curtain back. But, I, <laughs> but even so, oh yeah, yeah, the the messed up face of the one in the in the classic series, I thought was a very effective jump scare, just because it was there, right? It was right, right up against the glass. Yes, and he was like he was kissing the glass. Yeah, almost. <laughs> and and there's no tricky camera work funny. or anything. It's very uh-huh. it's very simply shot. But mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty effective. Um, yeah, for for all, for all the fact that it's just. You know, it's a furry out on the wing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I, I, I go back and forth on the special effects. Yeah. You know, just the hilariousness of the costume, but even more so how he kind of glides in and off and onto the wing. Yes. Like, you know, he's got to be being lowered by wires, right? And when he, when he just kind of floats off the wing going backwards. Mm -hmm. But that's what I was describing in the story. Yeah. That is very much how it was described in the story, though. Because if you, in the story he di- he's described as being uh, like landing on the wing like a dancer or a ballerina or something like that. Yeah, right. A soft landing. Right. Soft landing. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was consistent with what's in the story. And when you when you really break it down from a <laughs> twenty thousand foot level, <laughs> sorry, that didn't. I, I make no apologies. You know, on no. Seth's checklist, there's a make a twenty thousand foot level joke, right. and he just. <laughs> Are you kidding? I didn't take any notes. That would be preparation. What was I saying? <laughs> oh, if you look at it from the twenty thousand foot yeah. view, all, all three are very similar. There's just there's just mm-hmm. small details, yeah. and there's a couple crucial details, but other than that, they're they're very similar. Yeah. So, like in the short story, you never know if this is really happening or not because there's never an outside witness to the damage. Right. Right. And in the Twilight Zone episode, there's the pulled up uh, panel, and then finally in the movie. It's even escalated. The repair crew sees the damage, yeah, right? And there's the appreciation. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you know, Mr. Valentine never makes it out of alive because they put him into an ambulance with the monster. Right. Well, it's not the gremlin. It's it's just the yeah. guy who said something really scary. No, Dan Aykroyd is the monster. You think Dan Aykroyd is the gremlin? No, but no, he's no. a monster. Oh, of some kind. Yeah. But, that, yeah. This is why Colin made us watch the first one again. Yeah, you know. I yeah. Jeez, Seth. No, no, I, I get that. It's just, it, even when you, if you, okay. Oh, okay. So for, for anybody listening who has not watched the entire Twilight Zone movie, the very, the first segment of that is Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks are driving along and Dan Aykroyd says, do you want to see something really scary? And then he turns away and when he turns back, he's this ghoul. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's not the and, gremlin. But we don't know if he actually, you know, killed the guy. He may have been just True. scaring him. So. Yeah. He might've just been humping his face or something. Yeah, why else would the car have been rocking? <laughs> this car's rocking, don't come and knocking. Are... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll surrender at that point. <laughs> just just so James will stop. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, because we didn't watch the, the middle part of the movie. James wants to watch it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the whole Twilight Zone movie. I've just seen bits and pieces of it. But but we watched the bookends. Yeah. We watched the first segment and then the right. last segment. Um, did we mention while we were recording that Richard Matheson did all the screenwriting? No. Yeah, so he yeah. wrote the story, he wrote the screenplay for the original Twilight Zone episode, and mm-hmm. the screenplay for the segments in the film. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Segments five and six, it said. Right. So, which I guess are the last two. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that the Twilight Zone episode was directed by Richard Donner. Right. Of Gremlins fame, and maybe a few other things we've seen. Superman. Superman. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Lady Hawk, the Man, most yeah. famous of all. Yes. <laughs> Deservedly so. <laughs> Love that movie. And uh, in the Twilight Zone the movie, it's John Lithgow, mm-hmm. Donna Dixon as the um, stewardess. Right. right. Yes. So why don't we talk about the different 
takes on it between John Lithgow and <laughs> and Shatner. Because the John Lithgow character, it's mm-hmm. it's not that he's recently cracked up, it's that he's terrified of flying. Yes. And right. may have other mental instabilities. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he starts the movie episode in the bathroom, right. which doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you be... I don't understand why being in a bathroom would make you feel any safer than next to a seat. True. Right? I mean, if the plane crashes, you're still in the plane. Maybe right. he was in there, you know, taking his meds, like, in, like in the story. Yeah, and splashing his face with, his face yes, with water from nasty. the sink in there. Yeah. And I'm like, how many people have hocked loogies into that sink <laughs> before you came in here? Yeah. But everybody knows that if you want to survive a plane accident, you have to be behind row 22. It's documented. Travelers? Lost. <laughs> oh, oh. There's that Travelers episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's the plane crash and they have to oh. create the field, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Have you not watched Travelers yet? I have not watched oh, Travelers. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, you'll like it. Okay. Yeah. And what else do we have to talk about? We don't have to go over long on this. But John Lithgow just goes crazy he talking about someone angry. that is yeah. deeply scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the wide open eyes, the pale mm-hmm. face, mm-hmm. you know. It was uh, it was quite melodramatic that entire. It was, and, and and the way it was directed was very very different. There mm-hmm. were a lot of there was a lot yeah. of weird angles and sudden folk or right. sudden zooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the music was very discordant and trying to make you yeah. disturbed. There was a little girl right with a camera, a Polaroid. A little girl was quite <laughs> and a dummy, quite, quite crazy. Yes, I do like how they use the camera, even though they like nod back to the story. I suppose. I think using a camera in either the story or the 1960 film would have been useless, though. They didn't oh. have Polaroid back then. Yeah, when, when he went to take the picture of it, we're all yeah. like, that's eh, going to be a picture of a window. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like like in big stadiums when people take flash photos, right. you know, from the nosebleed section. I'm like, what you just got with that flash was a picture of the head of the person in front of you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and not the field. I'm fairly certain Colin was disappointed in lack of exit row. There was no exit row. <laughs> right. Well, didn't you say exit row in the morning? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because well, in, the, in the episode, it even talks about, even shows him pulling off the plastic handle right. over that, mm-hmm. which is straight from the story. Mm-hmm. And strapping himself in. Yep. The the gun was different, like you said, right? In the story, it's right. just in his briefcase, because for some yep. reason he's got... I mean, he contemplated suicide in the in the story. Right. And then in this one, he sees that there's a cop on the plane, mm-hmm. and right. he... Makes an excuse to get up and drop something and lift the gun off the guy. Well, the superficial reason for the gun was safety, right? In the story. Sure. He was bemoaning, bemoaning gangs and... Oh, that's right. Youth violence or whatever. Yep. Youths. And then there's like the... Then he kind of drilled down to the real reason and then talking about suicide and all that stuff. Yeah. Where there's none of that in the Twilight Zone movie thing. And he has to open the window differently mm-hmm. with, with an oxygen yeah. canister. <laughs> which... Maybe that's why, you know, now in airplanes, there's a plastic layer before the actual window, right? It's right. It's, it's more than one pane. Mm-hmm. Right. Double pane, yeah. N- not easy to break. Well, he used a gun to shoot it out. He ended up, yeah. 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 He hit it once with the oxygen canister. And then everybody got sucked out. <laughs> yep. And somehow he still managed to try and aim a gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although, it and he missed. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it didn't no. show that he had wounded the gremlin. It's just the gremlin basically said, all right, I give up, and, and flew off. Yeah. After he bit the gun in half. Right. right. Yep. And, and wagged his finger. <laughs> and then he slimed him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was I was so hoping that would be some of the evidence that would show that he had actually seen something. But the next right. episode, or the next next scene, is him clean-faced right. on the ground. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, think it was, was, I think it was ice forming on his face that looked like... Right. Slime. That's what I was... Because it did look like... That's what I was going to say. It did look like he slimed him. But then, like, in the, the immediate following scene, it just looked like he had ice forming on his face. Yeah. I distinctly heard Although him. maybe it was the slime freezing. Yeah, it could be. I distinctly heard him put his hand on his face and say, remember. 
<laughs> remember, remember the fifth of November? No. Oh. All right. Anything else? Anything? Anything? I mean, we gotta we gotta rank them, right? Oh, totally. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, wait. Did we talk hmm. about previous experience with Twilight Zone? Yeah. Did, did we on the last episode? This is the tr- trouble with recording more than one without <laughs> releasing right. them. That's right. <laughs> so did anyone actually read the story before they saw the William Shatner episode? No. I don't believe so, even though I had read I had read Not another recall, collection yeah. of his stuff. Okay. And was watching the Twilight Zone movie the first time for both of you guys? No, you'd Seth, you'd mentioned- I had seen that segment before, yeah. So you think you may have seen that before William Shatner? Yes. Not me. Okay. Yep. I, I think I saw the William Shatner episode first, and then actually the Twilight Zone movie, and then I read the story. Right. Well, will that affect how the rankings go? Interesting. I don't know. Perhaps. Hmm. I'll go first. I really like the classic Twilight Zone episode. And then I think I'd go story, and then... The, With Billy? The, Billy? Billy Shatner? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> He's going Richard Billy Johnny. Right. <laughs> right. I am. Wait. No. No, he's going Billy, Johnny, Richard. <laughs> oh, Billy. Yeah, okay. no, Billy. Billy and Richard are the same person. William Shatner playing Richard. No, it's Robert. Dang it, I can't remember what his he's name was. He's talking about Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson. Oh, God. William Shatner and John Lithgow. Sorry. Richard, Billy, Johnny. Right. Now we got to rank him that way. Richard, uh, Billy, or Johnny? I went, I went Billy, Richard, Johnny. I Billy, Richard, think. Johnny? This is no, I'm confused. I feel like Emily did in that one. <laughs> and I'm like to Roger or not to Roger? Yes, I- I'm going to be boring and just say Johnny Billy, jo- uh. <laughs> Richard Billy Johnny. Easy for you to say. Yes, because uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by the fact that you never get to know in the short story whether he really saw the thing right. or whether he had a psychotic episode or not. Yep. It's, it is, in a lot of ways, more interesting that way, right? Because he leaves right. you to make the conclusion. It's interesting, though, that then, is he commenting on the story in his adaptation for The Twilight Zone? That, that, is that the right, is that the true story? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I'd like to ask him, except he's dead. Bummer. Yeah. Or it's just, he's presenting that as, and this is the way we went for this story. This is one mm-hmm. possible interpretation. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of a different spin on the whole scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not a question of whether he saw it or not, but that he saw something no one would believe mm-hmm. and saved the plane anyway. Maybe he got the story wrong the first time and then corrected right. it for the episode. <laughs> but that would that would violate your post-publication author rule. Nope, it was still published. Right, The Twilight Zone exists. I don't have any problem with an author making a change if they... Well, yeah, and then he we also get into has the no Star problem Wars. changing on his mind on the whim. We get into the Star Wars special <laughs> editions, and that's where my, my resolve breaks down. Yes. Because, yes. Okay, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time with this one. Cause I Ricky, Billy, all. Johnny? I like them all. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> you like them? You can like them all. Okay. I, I've declared, like, you know, one, two, blank, blank, because, blank, three. So I really, I really like the, mm. the... I love John Lithgow's performance, actually. Oh, it was insane. Cool. Yes. It was very melodramatic, like... Yeah. Monty Python over the top. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I really like William Shatner, too. <laughs> right. And then uh, I liked the story, too. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with you. I guess I like the story. Maybe I'll put the story number one because of the more mm, ambiguousness of it, of mm. whether or not it's real or not. But I, th- I do think the adaptations of adding in the little twists at the ends, you know, with the evidence of something actually have gone wrong, mm-hmm. fits well within the, within the Twilight Zone verse universe yeah yeah in my opinion i thought it was interesting that in both adaptations you had a female character that was sort of the person he talked to the most 
because it, where in the story mm-hmm. it's, it's it's largely internal. Right. So this prevented voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. The evidence at the end almost reminds me of a Stephen King story, like in yeah. Christine. Right. Christine, the car gets away, and there, are, you know, someone's reading a newspaper, seeing an ep- a car accident, mm-hmm. and wondering if it was Christine. And a lot yeah. of his stories in the 70s and, and 80s, mm-hmm. there's not a, a full ending. It's like mm-hmm. this is the end of this this uh, right. episode, but it's still out there. Because mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like it fits well with other Twilight Zone stuff, where it, they're just trying to nudge you a little bit closer to believing supernatural stuff happens for real. You know, at, at least that's how I get. It. Yeah. yeah, there's a blend, but like, right. uh, well, because because the the story was more probably uh, like psycho thriller ish than than the, the shows were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, we wrapped. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to give us a blessing? Yeah, we're not going to talk about what we're going to do next. We'll we'll find something and yep, and tweet about it or something. Put it on the on the on the Facebooks and the Twitters. There's so. no lack of things to do. No, there there is not. We could just keep going on Richard Matheson and not run out. Right. <laughs> we could we could do button button if we want to do. There's a full length feature film for that one. We could do to serve man. Oh, that would be good. Is that Matheson? Uh, it's Twilight Zone. Okay, and it's not the summer of Matheson. It's the summer of Twilight that is true. Zone. That is true. I will say I'm enjoying doing all this other more classic sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Classic Siffy. That's my new thing. It's Siffy. Well, maybe cool. maybe in our 19 or uh, 2018 to 19 season, we should try and do more older sci-fi rather right. than recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much the new sci-fi. good stuff coming off. It's yeah. hard. It's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll leave you with a Twilight Zone blessing. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. And until then, may the road rise up to meet you. And remember, it's going to be okay. Even if you're the only one who knows it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay, bye everybody. It's all right now, darling. I know. But I'm the only one who does know. Right now. (laughs) Um, I'm cutting that out. Um, My sister listens to this podcast, man. Um, So now I'll just keep that part of it in the blooper reel, and she'll think you did something. Um, Yeah, it's true.